www.staggeringstories.net podcast series one number three the thrilling third issue oh we had to put a dwm joke in there somewhere oh, come on give us a Yes. Hello. Hi there. Uh, welcome to Staggering Stories podcast series one number three. Yep, three. Um, number three. Yes. Now, uh, we think it only fair to tell you that there's a good chance there might be two this month. Yeah. In a couple of weeks' time, you might just get another podcast from us. If you're unlucky. Yes. It, it, it depends. Payments, brown paper bags, Victoria mm. Station, lockers, you know. Wait, whispers too. Bated breath. Now, um, before we start, we need to know. Uh, it's starting to get like swap shop, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> Where is Keith? Well, we've sent Keith off. Um, as you may have known, there's a certain sea fort um, in the English Channel. Do you say the out in the Solent? The Solent, which has associated with a certain story with a certain television program of which we are fond, and it's up for sale. Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, that's right. It's about four to six million. Uh, oh, four yeah, to sure. six. Four million pounds. Yep. And it's been Pretty converted reasonable. into a luxury hotel. Uh, trouble is, um, there have been noises. Uh, strange goings on. And strange goings on reported from this place. So we've sent Keith to investigate. We've given him a dinghy yep. and a couple of oars because if he just had one, we'd be going around in circles. And he wouldn't realise. Face facts. And it wouldn't be fair. So it's in lieu fun. of, uh, the faker, Derek Akora. Faker? Charlotte and Akora. Oh, surely not. <laughs> uh, we've sent Indeed. Keith out there, and hopefully we'll have a report of what's going. What what the hell is going mm, on? Looking forward to that. Yep, um, at the end of the show, or the end of this heck. particular podcast. Oh, sorry, yes, for our American friends, what the heck? Yeah. Yes. Um. Yes, I believe his dinghy is actually called the Mystery Machine. <laughs> <laughs> and we've sent him out there in a little orange polo neck sweater. <laughs> let's just let's make a start um we've got some basic facts and figures about the actual website i think oh yes young adam over there i say young <laughs> not that young now <laughs> yeah we managed to you install the program that webalizer webalizer he basically analyzes the um web logs from our server to us what people have been downloading mm -hmm. even what they've been searching for to get to our site believe it or not he knows all he sees all <laughs> oh yes <laughs> um, well, um, I, what we can tell you is that our first podcast yep. which was oh what was it called? Uh, ah, I can't remember again. Firefly you? or Fungi? Ah. Fungus or Firefly? That's Fungus it. Or that's firefly. it. That's it. That's it. That's it. I named it and I can't remember. Yes. <laughs> Up until now, uh, today, 1st of August, that's when we're recording this. It is. 1st of August, 2007. Mm -hmm. 27. Has had 170 downloads. Yep. Which, considering we were only expecting 20 at most. Yeah. yeah which is rather disconcerting because, I mean, that goes to show, I mean, there's. More people than we anticipated that actually like it. Or wow. more people who've accidentally clicked on something. Yes. <laughs> um, podcast number two, um, which only got uploaded a couple of days ago. The yep. mystery of the sauce. Uh, <laughs> so, yep. God, I've still got the taste in my mouth. Based on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Uh, has had 32 downloads yep. so far, which were quite good. However, all this pales into insignificance. Oh, yeah. Um, Crumbly. Yes. In July, mm -hmm. yes. do you have any idea, aside from the forum or the main page or the index page, what the most hit web page on Staggering Stories 
Um, was. I have absolutely no idea, but I've got the feeling you're going to tell me, Tony. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. It was the Dress Create cutouts. <laughs> with yeah. 399 hits. What? Yeah. 399. Have you had Carpal Tunnel recently? Is your internet bill a little bit higher than normal? Have you, in fact, been sitting there hitting the refresh click, button click, over click, and over click. again? Uh, actually, no, I haven't. Uh, it, it, I, I was no, floored. These are, the, these are the statistics for the last month. For July. Yeah, July. July alone. Yep. In June, 112. 112, yeah. 112 in June, and Cruise. 399 in July. So I don't know why it's so popular suddenly, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, my flabber is well and truly ghasted. ghasted it's the I most mean. popular page on the site. <laughs> I'm I'm very surprised actually. It's a good well, page. It's a good page, but how people found their way there? I have absolutely no idea. It's, uh, <laughs> no idea at all. I mean, okay. I mean, that is the thing. I mean, are people actually going to the, to that particular web page just to view it, or actually print out the cutouts and join <laughs> them all together? Well, let's find out. If anybody out there is listening to this, mm. is anybody out there listening to this? Um, and <laughs> clang. And you have actually printed out the create cutouts. And we want to see photographs. Yeah, 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 please. <laughs> we want photos. Yeah, let us know, I mean, sort of via, you know, via the uh, email address for the website. At show at staggeringstories.net. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we want to see these cutouts because we haven't bothered. Um, uh, because yeah. I'm very curious about this. Adam was saying that there's the search strings. Yeah. Now, this might explain it partly. Who is Angus Young? Angus Young. He's the lead guitarist for the rock band ACDC. And we have a picture of him dressed as a schoolboy. Well, that's how he normally dresses up on stage. On stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't work for the Crankies, does he? <laughs> you never know. Heavy metal Jimmy Cranky. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Well, what else have we got? Um, there is uh, a Ryan Sleeve girl. Alright. Yeah. Uh, we got a cutout on that. Uh, no, we haven't actually. I thought we had an Orion Slave Little cutout. No. That's your imagination. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a glimpse. Indeed. <laughs> Very fertile imagination. We've got a Wizbit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Count von Count. Ah, how many hits? One. One. Two. We've got Oscar the Grouch dead. <laughs> I still say that was George Bush, and you are going to Guantanamo. Uh, yeah, it's not very nice there. What, in the bin? <laughs> oh, no, it's your Guantanamo. What do you mean, it's your... You're practically wearing one. Sorry, that's terracotta. Terracotta, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what else we got? Christmas boobs. Christmas boobs? Christmas yep. boobs. I'm uh, not quite sure what page that went to. <laughs> Bizarre. What else have we got? Riker Wharf sex stories. <laughs> And Beverly Crusher, Naked in Bed. I think that's referring to um, the secret logs of Jean-Luc Picard. I which, hope so. Well, I, 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 this <laughs> good excuse. Um, I turned around, I think it was either last, I think it was last month, uh, so the last podcast, and I turned around and said it was by Tim Munro. Yeah. Well, it's not just by Tim Munro. The first one was by Nick Cooper and Tim Munro. Ah. Just credit where credit's due. And uh, that's the best ones. Hmm, interesting. One thing that I did like, uh, 27 hits... So far this month, that's today, in one, well, less than a day, on one of the MP3s, that was the Doctor Who 2005 hmm. MP3. It was one of the test tracks for... It's way over the others, where most of the others are kind of four or five. And for some reason... This is 27. Yeah. 27? That was one of the test tracks for Mr. Dalek. 19 hours. Christmas. Uh, no, hang on. Night Before Christmas. 
on the backing tracks, which at some stage I'm going to have to explain how I did because people, some people might be listening to that thinking, hang on a second, those radiophonics, he, sh- he can't have... <laughs> got- I haven't nicked them. <laughs> I've broken into Mark Ayres' house and just whipped CDs. Who hasn't? They've been lovingly okay, plagiarised. <laughs> no, they haven't even been plagiarised. I'm sorry. <laughs> When the new series got announced, I do know somebody who actually managed to get hold of a load of old equipment mm-hmm. and recreated the thing. Really? Wow. Using the valve oscillators and this, that, and the other. But even he had to take little bits from Delia Derbyshire's version mm-hmm. for the swoops because mm-hmm. he couldn't recreate it. Um, I've actually got the version somewhere. It's, it's very, very good. And it's, it's very strange to hear it because it's, it's the Delia Derbyshire version, but it isn't. It's so close and yet so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, for example, the bass line doesn't have the extra reverb on it. It's a little bit There wrong. again, I mean, how many mm. versions and remixes... I mean, sort of, sort of fan have I versions. done recently? <laughs> I mean, sort of fan versions have actually been released. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, officially is... and unofficially. This, this is the closest Hundreds. thing. I, I think this guy is the closest recreation going, um, using all new source material. Um, he's lovingly recreated as much as he possibly can. It's uncanny. Mm. Um, but uh, one day I will tell you about... Uh, the, the, no, they're not nicked radiophonics. I can guarantee <laughs> you that. But I do have little sort of tracks which are essentially... Well, imagine the BBC's Radiophonatron. Yeah. Uh, where you can... It's a flash player which will click. You can sort of just rest your cursor over a certain... Thing and it plays various bits of the music. Mm-hmm. Well, that's got part of the Dilly Darvisha makeup stuff. Uh, you know, like the upward going bubble that we'll hear a little bit later on when we start the Doctor Who section. You know, okay. I, I use that in the, in the sting. I use that status on the Radiophonotron. Yeah. The actual melody and the bass line aren't. Hmm. Uh, and they're separate. But I'm, um, anyway, uh, I, I will one day explain all that I'm just being a smug I mean, it only sounds like certain parts of the actual theme are copyrights. Well, uh, no, I, I think the whole thing is copyright. Because uh, you, what you've got to remember, the whole thing is built up track by track by track by track mm. by track by track. Loops and loops of tape. Um, I would, would refer people to Mark Ayers' website. Uh, he, gives, he gives a brilliant history of the theme, which explains how it was created, even though there's still stuff that people just can't work out how it was done. <laughs> I mean, it's what, 45 years later, 44 years later? Hmm. You know, all the modern-day equipment and this, that, and the other, they still can't work it out. Hmm. Woman was an absolute genius. She really was. Anyway, we, we've waffled off, off subject again. <laughs> no. Now, now um, <laughs> yeah, basically, um, aside from the fact that somebody has a fetish with cardboard cutouts, <laughs> yeah, which will weird be very there. worrying, just remember, Adam can see what you're doing. <laughs> now, there is something. This time round, we, we, we don't have any sources. No. We have no, no mysterious vials. No. What we do have, however, how can I explain this? I went to the uh, opticians recently, and basically, I'm sitting there, bored out of my skull, and there's some you know, hopelessly out-of-date magazines. Mm-hmm. One of which is from Denmark. It's the Denmark tour- official tourist board thing. Why on earth is that in a waiting room. With Don't know. No idea. I think they, I think they follow uh, migratory patterns. I mean, they go from <laughs> dentist waiting rooms, the doctor's waiting rooms, to through opticians, opticians yeah. gradually losing pages, which then mm-hmm. sprout their own magazine around them. That's it, and so on ad infinitum. Ah, dear. The life cycle of magazines. Somebody should do a paper on this. Uh, apparently, uh, the, what worries we'll me is they do, they do have a photograph of a mime. Oh dear. Yeah. Uh, which is, however, That's this is a, under the attractions and entertainment. A harlequin and a ballet dancer, by the looks of things. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Under attractions and entertainment, there's a little sidebar. And I'm going to read out, over the course of the podcast, what this sidebar says. <laughs> things Danes like. <laughs> okay. Yes. Number one. Enjoying food and drinks 
in cosy cafes or restaurants. Mm-hmm. Danes like that. It's, it must be specific to them. Must Enjoying food. Yeah. Number two. I enjoy food on a daily basis. Are you ready? Yeah. This is highly specific. Okay. All sorts of cultural events. <laughs> Such but, as? It doesn't specify. It doesn't specify. No, all sorts of cultural, cultural events. events. It's going to get better. Just, just trust me. Some of these that are could corkers. Mean anything, sort of concerts, <laughs> sort of theatre going. Mime. Cheese worship. Mime. <laughs> Cheesemanship. Cheese worship. Oh, cheese worship. Cheese worship. It's a new one on me. It's a new one on me. I want to know more about this mysterious worshipping of cheese. Mm. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, more of those as we go through the podcast. Now, it's a Denmark I- thing. Crumbly, it is your turn to basically be quizzing myself and Purcell face over there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, this is another v- edition of History Today, as we had last time oh, round. Yeah. Um, last time round, we wanted the history of staggering stories, um, and you also wanted to find out our memories Star of Star Wars. Yeah. This time round, conventions. 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 Yes. Um, you have not actually been to a convention convention. No, I'm a convention virgin, I'm afraid. Never at all. That's no. all right. Most people at conventions are virgins. No. Hang on. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh... back to Cornell's um, flowchart of a tavern. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who suck chose? Is it time to opt for a gay lifestyle? <laughs> I've worked that one out. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. uh, anyway, so, basically, it's a case of our convention history up to a point that Ooh. I'm probably going to have to be very careful. It's going back a while. Mm-hmm. It is. Now, you started conventioneering... Before I did. I did. You I did. started... God knows what year it was, but it was... Um, Doctor was still on the air, so it was... Mm, the heady late days 80s, of the ni- I suppose. Heady days of the 1980s. And it was uh, a Dwaz, a Doctor Appreciation Society run thing, which was held on a ferry going from Harwich to the Hook of Holland. Why a ferry? Oh, I heard of that. I don't know why a ferry. I saw it advertised in the Celestial Toy Room, their, their magazine, mm. and uh, yeah. wanted to... Go on it. Yeah, but from Harwich to the Hook of Holland only takes about... It's only a few hours. A mm, few hours. I mean, it's overnight, basically. Overnight. I mean, because, I mean, I've been out to Sweden, and that's taken about... Not Denmark. No, not Denmark, um, unfortunately. You could have enjoyed all sorts of cultural events. <laughs> mm. Mm, the cheese worship. <laughs> Bacon. Indeed. So we went out on ferry. We stayed in Holland for about an hour, got back to the ferry and came back. But on the ferry... <laughs> Uh, it was the usual sort of convention, really. You had uh, a dealer's room. In the bar? Uh, it was in a function room of some oh, kind right. on the mm. ferry. Um, in the main lounge area, it's quite a large area, had a, a stage there with the panels. And late night, while they'd be asleep, they showed old Doc 2 on the screen. Mm. Also, <laughs> before we go any further, I mean, sorry, yeah. sorry that's I, must my, I must put my hands up. I mean, yeah. um, I'm not a convention version, actually. I mean, oh, he lied. Um, I haven't you been to a... lying liar! <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually been to any science fiction conventions. Um, oh, yeah. However, Beautiful have... South Convention. No. <laughs> You'll pay for that. <laughs> no, I've actually been to a couple of uh, Rush conventions. They have conventions, do they? Mm-hmm. Yes. Not concerts, an actual convention. Well, uh, conventions. Hmm? Going back about ten years up at, um, oh, this is uh, Leicester de Montfort University, this was. Oh, okay. What do they do at that sort of convention? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I imagine it follows pretty much the same lines as uh, science fiction conventions, really. So, I mean, there are talks, I mean, okay, so as it's what Russia is a very popular rock band, um, I mean, karaoke, (laughs) sort of singing along to me, sort of a selection of their favourite songs, uh, which I'll say, sort of talks, um, old movie footage of the band in concert being shown and such. 
do the band themselves come up and do um, panels? Or? No, it's very much a fan thing. Um, uh, okay. What about like, uh, like um, blah, 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 the studio engineers and whatever? Uh, I must say, it's very fan orientated. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we do have a fan. I, I, I'll move on to fan orientated sci fi events afterwards, mm-hmm. which are slightly different. Yeah, I mean, this Dwaz one was in standard Dwaz fashion, very controlled. And who was there? Oh, God knows. Um, the guest I best remember is probably. Um, say Nick Corley. No, I think he may have been there. Oh, please uh, say Nick Corley. John Leeson. Ah, who I, I uh, ran into in the corridor and had a. Did you actually manage to get him out of the bar? No, I just in. I ran into him in the corridor, not really knowing who he was, and that's because he's the voice of canine. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we got to speak to him for a bit, and he did his canine voice for us, and you know, it's, as a kind of thirteen, fourteen year old, it was a big thing. Fair enough. Shall we move on to Carousel? That was my next convention. Mm-hmm. And what, was it 89? Yeah. You the first Carousel? Was that the first uh, Carousel? Yeah, and, there were uh, two. Where was this held? This is Cardiff or Cardiff. Swansea? It's Cardiff. Cardiff? Both were in Cardiff. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? The Holiday Inn in Cardiff, both at the same venue. Yes. Very Run nice by venue. Gene, Mitch, Carol, Steve. Those are the main people running it. You went to the 89 one. I went to both. Yeah. So I, I wasn't at the 89 one. Okay. I'd only just moved over to England. Well, that was a very different convention for me because I actually knew people running it, organising it. Very useful when you know that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I'm sure I wouldn't have gone. Um, but I'd only just met them by this time. I think I met, we met this lot in kind of January 89. That was a few months later. And your parents allowed you out to go and see these yeah. strange people in <laughs> Wales. I think Steve L, Stephen Levacont, gave us a lift to one, probably the first one. Did he stay long? All weekend, actually. Good God. Yeah, it's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I must sort of interject with, um, I mean, okay, I mean, a lot of people who aren't um, au fait with uh, science fiction regard conventions as being very, what can I say, not clicky, but... um, Sad. Well, sad, nerdy, things like that, really. They can be. What? Yeah, I mean, what can you say to dispel these uh, these things? Uh, Can't probably really. nothing. Um, <laughs> they can be like that. A history of conventions is, to a certain extent, a history of fandom itself and ongoing development of... <laughs> I'm trying to think of the words here. A sociological development. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, cultural development. Fandom slowly grows up. Some people don't. And they're the ones who invariably turn up dressed in a very long scarf and Leela costume. That's the men. Um, <laughs> and they're, they are invariably the one that the local TV reporter will be wanting to interview. Oh, There'll be 300 so. ordinary other people, but they'll be after the one and the guy in the costume. And they'll zero in on the, uh, yeah. the one. The jaunty. The of jaunty. the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jaunty Bloom? No, this is Jaunty in the Big Brother house. Who is a Doctor Who fan mm-hmm. and used to lead a Doctor Who society. Who didn't? <laughs> yeah, but there again, bearing in mind, Big Brother is a program which, um, well, I'll say, it takes lots and lots, well, so a dozen people with um, no redeeming features whatsoever. Oh, well, John T is a Doctor Who fan. Well, <laughs> apart from that. And um, basically, it's, it's like putting um, a load of rats in a sack and giving it a good shake and seeing, seeing what happens. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great way of describing it. Well, that's it. it. I mean, that's, that they is how I see... like most of them as well. <laughs> that is how I see Big Brother. That's instant fame, isn't it? Twinkle, twinkle, little star, Big Brother made you what you are. Mm, yes. But yeah, it's true. Um, you tend to get the diehard fans. You don't get casual mm-hmm. fans of these things. No. Unless it's they're going more because their mates are going. Yeah, maybe. But or, he, or just out of curiosity. Well, certainly people have gone to several conventions 
make friends at the convention and go more for the to meet the friends mm-hmm. they do yeah. to do go to the actual convention so there are two types of people at these event conventions yes. generally and like i say things developed over especially yeah. early 90s it is all tied in with the fanzine boom there the were no 90s. new fans in the 90s no. for doctor who um and the fans a lot of the, the more in- intellectual fans yeah and really no disrespect to anybody else obviously cause <laughs> i'm not one of them um they were producing their fanzines left right and center ah oh, we, we had our go at that yeah but i mean we weren't private lives never became the uh, the heavyweight zine i wanted it to it okay. was always the silly mm. little tavern zine yeah yeah but there again i mean i do find sort of fanzines i mean in some respects can be very cliquey and um, oh god yes and um well i would say incestuous oh very much <laughs> yes celebrating it in fact celebrating such things Yes, the fandom that celebrates itself. Copyright Paul Cornell. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, my first convention was Carousel 90. Uh, the only reason... I, I mean, I, I met Gene, I think, at my very first tavern. Uh, just just a week or so before Carousel 90. Really? And I, I think, or again, memory. Yeah. Um, and I... I had interviewed Victoria... What, uh, Victoria? What, like Deborah Watling, <laughs> Victoria who played <laughs> Victoria in Doctor Who. In the past, mm-hmm. what I had neglected to tell Gene was when I said in the past, it was back when I was about twelve. <laughs> yeah, Gene turns around and goes, "Oh, we're short of an interviewer or two. Do you want to come up to Carousel and help us out?" Yeah, Muggins here, being a complete prat, said, "Oh, okay." I couldn't turn up the Friday. I ended up having to get a coach up there on the Saturday, which broke down. We had to get another coach, and yeah. I got there a little late. Anyway, um, this actually does tie in a little bit with something else I wanted to say, but. I think one of the panels I had to do was uh, Jacqueline Pierce, who played Servant Anne. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh, she's a handful. From Blake Seven. Oh, dear, yes. And Peter Tudnam, who died ah, recently. Yeah. Now, he was an absolute gentleman. He, he was wonderful. I mean, I, I was obviously a bit nervous in front of a crowd. Yeah. No research done whatsoever. Only just told, <laughs> you're interviewing Peter Tudnam and Jacqueline Pierce. Get up on stage now. Uh, what, what, eh, what, eh, what? Mm, <laughs> Knew who they were. <laughs> yes. At I, least I, you had that. Yes. Um, talk about being thrown at the deep end. And Tudnam took over. In the, the sweetest way, he just started to run it. And then he turns around and goes, oh, I'm so sorry, dear boy, you're supposed to be hosting this. <laughs> I just turns around and goes, no, no, please, carry on. Um, I mean, no, yeah, sure, accept that as a compliment, because well, yeah, sort of Peter Tudnam saying that. No, he was a lovely, lovely man. The short time I, I, mm-hmm. I, mean, I didn't know him, but I met him. Yeah. I mean, this is where I, I, I first met Mitch, I first met Gene, yeah. Carol, Steve of Britain. Yeah. I got a chance to go up to the hospitality. Uh, oh, yeah. In fact, that's where I slept. It was hospitality. Was that hospitality I slept? <laughs> The Saturday evening, hmm, how can I put this? A star? Well, no, not a star, but um, someone who had been in Doctor Who a lot. Yeah, I think I know. During the um, early seventies, a few times in in wigs, and well, he Uh, caused havoc. Can you say his or her name? No, I'd rather not. All right, (laughs) he had a little bit too much to drinky. Yeah. Uh, on the Saturday night, and you know who I am, I'm f***ing, uh, um, <laughs> uh, whoever it was, he was, he would say his name, um, and it got a little bit embarrassing, he was, there's people there who weren't mm. anything to do with the convention, guests, oh, yeah, ordinary so, guests of the hotel, yeah, it's the hotel. Um, and do you know who I am, I'm a bloody star, well sorry, I'm a f- star uh anyway uh, so basically he was acting the big i am i pissed as a fart 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's baptism, baptism of fire for yeah. me. Because this is, you know, this, this is the great and wonderful insert name here. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, it's a case of, okay, they're real people. Yeah. Ah, they're real people. I can deal with them now. I don't have to sit there and go when I think I'm actually talking intelligently to them. Um, As it was, I ended up having to apologise to the management. Uh, (laughs) Because they're sort of looking at me, they sort of go, hang on, you're involved with this. What the hell is going on? I'm so sorry. <laughs> We've got him to bed now. Uh, yeah, that's where I first met Daniel Cohen. There um, again, I mean, okay, was he just sort of drunk and very loud and obnoxious? Or yes, was he sort of and was getting setting, threatening. So he wasn't sort of uh, setting up fire extinguishers and such? No, he was getting threatening no, to right. non-residents mm-hmm. and right. doing something else. Well, no, I went. But yeah, it's true. But I met Salvador, I think, for the first time as well. Salvador Dalek. Salvador Dalek. Yeah. Got a sister called Clementine. Clementine Dalek. Yes. You've heard the song, haven't you? No. Oh, my Dalek, oh, my Dalek, oh, my Dalek, Clementine. Straight up, there's another Dalek called Clementine, sister yep. of Salvador. You're going to have to explain this strange phenomenon called filking. Uh, well, I haven't actually seen much of that at Doctor Who. In fact, I haven't seen that at Doctor Who conventions at all. No. Um, I went in 89. My first science fiction convention was Eastercon, which I think like the World Science Fiction or British Science Fiction or European Science Fiction Convention, which was held at the Hotel de France in Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the only reason I went. Um, <laughs> by this time, I'd been uh, booted out of the Doctor Who fan club I set up. Really? Yes, I was ousted. That's a coup. Yes, <laughs> yes, very much. I'd organised, what was it? I'd organised a charity walk with Louise Jameson. She was over there with Bergerac. Mm. Yep. They cancelled it because it was too far to walk. What, what? to Jersey? No, not to. <laughs> out to St. Oban's and back again. All right. It was you know, a six-mile round walk. It was a bit That's wet as well. Bad. Oh, it was absolutely ludicrous. I'd gone off and done... Uh, I'd missed a, a meeting, I think, because the night before I'd been representing us. We, we, we'd linked up with the, something called the Humphrey Club. Humphrey was the uh, uh, mascot of Fort Regent Leisure Centre. Uh, and some of the concession so owners, I think... What did Humphrey think, look like? Is a lion. A lion? A lion, yes. Um, some of the concession owners, I think, had this uh, Humphrey... Club, I think it was the Humphrey Club that it was called, but they they used it to raise charity money. So they had the uh, ball at uh, the Grand Hotel on the Esplanade in Jersey, and uh, because we'd linked up with them, we were going to raise money for them. Um, I got invited along, black tie ball and everything else like that. And the owner of the local and only comic shop <laughs> in Jersey, a guy called Clem, is uh, called Alternative Three, <laughs> uh, turned up and got absolutely rat-assed. And Muggins here, had theme to, here. Yeah, <laughs> had to get him home and hand him over to his girlfriend and go home myself. That's As a result, I turned fa- up very, very late. I, well, I wasn't able to even do make yeah. the meeting the following day. So that seems about. to be your fate, yeah, to deal with um, people who are slightly uh, three sheets to the wind. Yes. What do you think I don't drink? One <laughs> <laughs> thing I was going, I was going to say is uh, you mentioned how when you met them. In informal setting, that the stars, as they thought themselves, you realize they're real people. That's something well, I apart, s- everybody apart from Pertwee. Really? You- Pertwee was always, to a certain extent, in character. Oh, okay. But he could also, but he, and he also acted the star. Yeah. As well. But I suddenly found that when I was on my first Him mission, and his head. <laughs> Talking about which, the head of Pertwee has mysteriously gone missing. Yes. We have instead a speeder bike helmet. Yeah. Staring down at us. Um, we have looked inside, there is no head in it. A few stains, but As no head. Uh, disappointingly empty, yes. <laughs> yeah, so somewhere around this house... Maybe. The head of Pertwee... He is lurking. He's lurking. He may have gone with Keith. Why? 
Yeah, it's an old fort. Mm, see, some old, see some old friends out there. Yeah, might do. However, if you want to meet the head of Pertwee... Oh, yeah. He's going on tour. <laughs> Talking of conventions. Mm. <laughs> There's a good chance the Staggering Stories team are going to be at the mini two-hour, I think it's a two-hour mini convention, before a performance of the Daleks' Master Plan theatre play. If we can get tickets. <laughs> Which, yeah, we keep meaning we really should book them. Yeah, um, we should probably do it before we put this podcast out, too. <laughs> yeah, it might be useful. I, I can always insert a disclaimer afterwards. <laughs> or just rip out this whole section. No, I mean, so we don't tell everybody about it and then buy the tickets so we can't. I'm sure we can creep in. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm sure they will do. Um, Press pass. Yeah. <laughs> Staggering stories. What? Who? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. So that was my first proper experience of a convention. I met a few people, realised that. I mean, I remember sitting down playing with Peter Linford, Cornell, John Freeman, all playing Battle for the Universe, the old Doctor Who board game. Oh, God, that dreadful thing. <laughs> it was a laugh. We were having a right giggle. Um, <laughs> Linford and somebody else were playing, and they had to play the Cyber Leader. So all, every five seconds, you go, we are the Cyber Leader. Oh. <laughs> um, it was fun. Uh, I think after that, oh, this is where things start to get a bit hazy. The Fan Olympiad started. Oh, I yeah. seem to remember you talking about um, meeting Nicholas Courtney in toilets and him saying, hello, Tintin. <laughs> I'll come to that. Just just bear with me. This, that's a bit further down the line and it's not what you're thinking. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. Mike Yates, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Daddy wouldn't buy me a bow wow. Um, um, I think my next one was the Fan Olympiads. I can't remember whose idea it was originally. It wasn't my idea, anything to do with me. But I, I do remember sitting down with Cornell, Penny List, uh, Gene Riddler. Marcus, whose name is... Marcus Judge, thank you, yes. God, I can't believe I forgot that. Um, <laughs> I always remember sitting down with Paul Cornell, Penny List, Gene and Marcus Judge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I remember their names clearly. Yeah. <laughs> um, like it was um, yesterday. Yes, like it, like, like it was yesterday. It was uh, yesterday. In, I think, uh, the Pride of Pimlico uh, pub. Okay. Um, and writing out a list of fans' names that he could invite. Oh, the whole idea included. about the, the Olympiad was there was no guests. No guests. No guests. No screenings of old Doctor Who episodes. Yep. Invited fans would turn up at a hotel, in this particular instance in Bath. Mm-hmm. Um, Bath. The Lansdowne, I think it was, at the top of a very, very steep hill. Very dangerous hill if you were drunk. This seems very to be a the recurring theme here. It's oh, yes. conventions. Conventions yeah. and alcohol. Yeah. Well, back then I used to drink. Mm-hmm. Not excess quantities all the time, but um, I was well, I was young. I had <laughs> livers. You had more than one liver. Yes, I might be lying. Um, <laughs> had them in little jars, <laughs> yeah. pickled. pickled in jars, like gherkins in time. Hang on, no, that's wrong. Um, gherkins in time. Yes, gherkins in time. Perkin, BBC Radio Four. Who's the daddy? <laughs> Dear God. Hmm? And basically, we all turned up at this hotel. We, I think we pretended we were a writer's convention mm-hmm. or poet's convention. I can't so remember. It was something like that. We were all poets. Yep. And we split into teams <laughs> and we all played games over the next two days musical chairs, um, all sorts of silly stuff like that. Uh, I think we played the pyramid game, uh, <laughs> 15 to 1, and stuff like that. All to, and all for the prize of the soft Eric. Now, the what? The soft Eric. Soft Eric. The Soft Eric was a hat. A soft hat. A soft hat. Yeah. That was the prize. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think we came second, I think. Mm. If I remember rightly. I can't remember. Thanks to Jackie Rowe, I believe, doing an incredibly amazing mime. But I, again, I wasn't <laughs> able to get there right. But, <laughs> Don't well, want to know what she was <laughs> miming. Um, I wasn't able to get the, the start. We couldn't get... I had to leave early <laughs> as well because of the coaches and whatever. But that, that was fun. And that was... That was... 
an offshoot of the tavern, really. Offshoot. Well, not just the tavern, but the cliquey thingy Andy was talking about. Because it was. It wasn't just tavern. It was fanzines. It was conventions. It was a certain crowd. Yeah. Could say I mean, the elite have found them up to a certain extent because a lot of well, them nowadays are the people running Doctor Who. Very yes. much the in crowd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're a lot of fun. I mean, I don't know how many fan, uh, fan Olympiads they used to be. I went to the first one, wasn't able to get to the second one in Bath, went to the third one in Manchester. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Poetry got murdered at that one. Did he? <laughs> yes, uh, we had a game of Cluedo. 1996. We need to find out who Pertwee killed. Who killed <laughs> okay. Pertwee. There mm-hmm. were various. Uh, was it in the study? Uh, no, well, no, no. Out? As it turned out, Pertwee actually died anyway. Uh, died before he'd gone on stage. But somebody played a cassette recording of one of his previous convention appearances, and the stories would all be the same, so everybody bought the fact he was still alive. Yeah, it happened in real life. Uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised. Um, you're a strange man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the Olympiads were a lot of fun, but they were non-conventions. Yeah. They were gatherings of, well, invited f- People, yeah. friends, everyone who knew each other. Stuff for fanzines got swapped, commissions got made, this, that, and the other. Mm. Ideas were sprung, and they, they were great. I think, to a certain extent, they, it might have f- sprung out of f- the old fiction meets, where a load of fan writers would get together. Oh, okay. Possibly, I don't know. I got invited to one. Didn't get invited <laughs> that was the again. Crawley one, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. It was good fun. <laughs> I also went to a couple of the Clacton on Sea conventions. Oh <laughs> uh, God! Uh, the, 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 the not blue box. Oh hell! I can't remember what they were called. They were great little conventions. Mm-hmm. It'll come to me sometime a little bit later on. Whilst we're recording this, I will suddenly yeah. spurt forth with the names. They were great. Little... Bolt up on t- at two in the two in the morning. Going. I remember. Yeah, this is where I met Nick Courtney. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, I'd gone to oh, the loo, come out of the loo's, didn't have um, my glasses on, and it just didn't occur to me. I had a lot of cubicles, for some strange reason. Yep. No urinals. Huh. Classy uh, hotel. And, well, yes, exactly. And so as I'm washing my hands, I just happened to look up at the condom dispenser to find it wasn't dispensing condoms. No? Tampons. Ah. Ah. Now, I've yet to go into Space Mountain. <laughs> that was the name of the conventions, Space Mountain. Hey, okay. I have yet to go into a gent's toilet to find a tampon dispenser. Yeah, now you mention it. Well, perhaps in Bangkok or other places like that. Uh, I don't know. All these lady boys. It just suddenly dawned on me that I was, in fact, in the ladies. Oh, common enough mistake. Yes, fair enough. <laughs> Common enough mistake, you can get away with it. Especially if you dash out of the ladies' lose and bump straight into Brigadier Alistair Gordon Lethbridge Courtney. <laughs> who looks at you, goes, Tintin, because that was my nickname at the mm-hmm. time. I, I keep getting lumbered with nicknames. Um, <laughs> we call him? Tintin. Um, I've just got so many aliases. I mean, there's, there's a taxi company in Crawley that'll give me a discount because I'm the judge. The Don't judge. ask. The judge. Don't ask. That's what they know me as. Okay. Yeah, ask, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> and <laughs> so, so, you know, and I sort of said, no glasses, didn't realise. Um, I'm going an incredible colour of red right now. <laughs> and dashed off, leaving him chortling <laughs> mischievously. That's he nicked in there himself. <laughs> <laughs> He's a lovely man, Nick Courtney. 
Absolute down to a sort of the earth bloke. I don't think I've ever really met him. No, he's, he's I think wonderful. He had, did go to the carousel, didn't he? One of the carousels. I'm not sure to be honest with you. I'm sure I met him in the green room. But... Well, that, that was one thing about that carousel ninety that cracked me up. Somebody got very steaming drunk the night before. Mm-hmm. Theme again, and he was dressed in a bunny costume because he was going around collecting money for charity. A bunny costume. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember why. It was their gimmick. He had a bucket, you know, to mm-hmm. people yeah. could find yep. money in, and he crashed out in hospitality. Woke up the following morning with no memory of the night before. Mm-hmm. Yes. A, wondering why the hell he's dressed in the bunny costume, and B, with two life-size Daleks peering down. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't know if anybody's actually seen a Dalek in real life. Uh, the, the, the Dalek casing in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, of course. There is something about that design you just can't take your eye off it. I don't know if it's built into your head subconsciously because of what you saw as a child. Hmm. But I, I always remember being up in the hospitality in, in, in Carousel. I kept having to look at Salvador because it's just the design, something about it, and the size. There is something about the, that design. I mean, Ray Cusack was a genius, yeah. quite frankly. I mean, anyway, so there's the two Space Mountain events, which were a lot of fun. Got yep. to meet. Uh, that's when I think I met Colin Howard properly. Okay. Um, the artist, uh, yep. lovely bloke, and got on Lighthouse on Fire. Mm. Ended up being given his black and white portfolio to use for private lives. Yeah. Again, lots of like met Pertwee. Uh, also, incredibly embarrassing moment. I thought, ah, Nick Pegg had closed the first fan Olympiad with a rousing rendition, I think, of Clockly the Path of Men in Clatch. Eh? Clockly the Path of Men in Clatch, Aruna, Aruna, Aruna. Ah, okay. The Pertwee song. Yep. Uh, what's this featured? Uh, well, it starts off in the Demon, where he uses Clockly the Path of Men in Clatch to get rid of Bok, uh, mm-hmm. just saying it. And then in Peladon, he sings it to the, the, basically to the tune of God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. Right. Clockly the Path of Men in Clatch, Aruna, Aruna, Aruna. I'm not allowed to sing, am I? No, it's just the... Uh, why those particular <laughs> words? I have no idea at all. I have to ask Pertwee. Next time we see him. Uh, or, um, or write to Barry Letts. I do recall you mentioning that... Um, I think you got rather tipsy at a convention, and um, <laughs> you you spoke profane... various Tipsy? <laughs> various profane utterances to Barry Letts and uh, Terence Dix. Ah. That was at a tavern. Quick explanation again. Fitzroy Tavern in Charlotte Street, Windmill Street. First Thursday of every month, Doctor Who night. Um, large gathering of who's who in Doctor Who fandom. No mm. pun intended. Again, where a lot of the modern day production team spring from. English ones, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> there was a thing when the Doctor got taken off the air. Some people decided to organise a campaign then to legally challenge the BBC to bring it back on. Legally yeah. challenge? Uh, well, we pay the licence fee, therefore we get to say what mm-hmm. gets put on TV. I think that was what well, they were saying. Very, I could be wrong. It's a very valid reason, though. Isn't it, it? it is, up to a point, yeah. Uh, hopefully get rid of all that awful crap that they have on nowadays most of the time. Yeah, uh, anyway. So bad anyway. Yes. Back then, like I say, I did like a drink, and my drink of choice was cider and blackcurrant. I don't know what it is about cider and blackcurrant, but it got me drunker quicker than cider. Mm-hmm. Quite bizarre. So anyway, they'd invited, they were going to have a draw prize draw and they'd invite Barry Letts and Terence Sticks along now that's a bad move mm, why was that it's not a convention format where everything can be controlled up to a point it's a pub mm-hmm. yes which is always packed out oh heaving it, 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 I mean when they say spilling out onto the pavement that it is spilling out onto the oh, pavement you got... can't move inside or out well, I've, uh, been, I've been up to tavern a few times yes. I mean I've seen what it's like and so of course Barry and Terry are sort of Stuck on a table. <laughs> on a table? You <laughs> know what I mean. Stuck uh, I'd had a few, and it was round about the time that Pertwee bashing was in favour. 
<laughs> with a big club. Um, you make him sound like a baby seal. <laughs> oh, that's a bizarre mental image. Um, anyway, <laughs> probably more leopard. And I'd had a few, and I started to come out with some of the old routines that people used about Pertwee and um, <laughs> in front of Terry, Ter- Terence Dixon and, and Barry Letts, who, for those who don't know, Barry Letts produced uh, Doctor Who during John Pertwee's reign. Terence Dixon scripted it. Uh, so, of course, they knew Pertwee very well, were friends, and I was yeah. pissed, and I was slagging mm. their mate off, too. And, <laughs> and um, frankly, it was rather embarrassing, and I, I look mean, back at it now. Why I would p- like to publicly apologise <laughs> to Barry and Terence. Um, why was Pertwee bashing him yeah, very much in vogue at that time? I think it was just something started by somebody to start a trend, ah. so that everybody else would jump on the bandwagon, and as soon as everybody else jumped on the bandwagon, they did something else. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that sort of thing going around. So it's like the um, the old practical joke of me, so you stand under a very tall building looking up. Oh, we had done that. And uh, somebody else comes along and sort of looks uh-huh. up, wondering what, you, what you're looking at. And then a small crowd gathers, and in that time you snuck off. Yeah, mm-hmm. essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm very, very sorry about that. Uh, uh, foolish youth, that's all I can say, really. I wouldn't do that sort of I wouldn't be that rude nowadays. I also wouldn't be that drunk, quite frankly. <laughs> but aside from that, there was uh, Monopticon. I don't think I would. Yeah, I went to Monopticon. That was a Manchester convention. Absolutely brilliant. Scared the life out of David Banks. That's a Dwaz one again, isn't it? No, it wasn't. Oh, is it? it? No, 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 no. It was set up to rival Panopticon, which is the Dwaz one. Ah, uh, okay. Hence the name. Manchester, Menopticon. Yeah. Whereas the Panopticon is from Deadly Assassin and Invasion Time, you know, the big Time Lord area thingy. Yeah. Uh, the Menopticon yeah. uh, was, I think... Uh, I think it was the little floating balls in Fort of Doomsday, but I could be wrong. Okay. The camera thingies. Oh, I take your We'd have to look that up, and I can't be asked. No. Um, no. That again, it was less rigidly structured. It was a hell of a lot more fun. That uh, me and John Head did the first part of the auction for that that evening. Okay. And um, we had a whale of time. Normally, auctions at Doctor Who conventions are so dull. Yeah. Uh, we, we we just had a laugh. We we were running around the audience and embarrassing people and forcing them to make bids, and it was good fun. Then John Freeman came and took over, and it got boring. Um, <laughs> it's also where I basically accused the writer Ian Briggs of being a pisshead by accident. <laughs> by accident. Yeah. There was a thing called the regeneration game. Can you see what they mm. did there? And I got. I was on the contestants and. Colin Howard, I think, was with Ian Briggs. No, hang on. That's what I was with Ian Briggs. Bill was with Colin Howard. Mm-hmm. And Lee Sullivan, the artist, had drawn a quick, been invited on to draw a quick Sylvester McCoy face. And the whole idea was we had to copy that. All right. <laughs> and I turned around and said, hang on a moment, you, that's not fair. You've got an artist on your team. Jokingly, Bill turns around and goes, "That's all right. You got a piss artist on yours." <laughs> he meant me. <laughs> Unfortunately, rumor had it that Ian Briggs liked to drink. Okay. So I just turned around and said, "I'm so sorry." He said that. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, "I meant you." Tone. <laughs> no, it's another one of those. It's another one of those moments where I sit bolt upright at four o'clock in the morning, suddenly and go, "No," with a cold sweat. Yeah, exactly. I've I've had a lot of those moments. Totally so. <laughs> um. Oh God. Yeah. We live. We live more tonight. But no, I. I we, we've got. Us. I'd want to do more conventions. The trouble is, they're so expensive nowadays. Yeah, they're not. 
Well, Too to bad. me they are. Are they? Okay. Um, I mean, that 50 quid for your Star Wars thingy. That, yeah, what I was mean, Carousel? Was only, that was 35, so that was yeah. 15 more years ago. But I suppose ago. nowadays, that, to me, that's a lot more money. It's well, not the same, I think. Yeah. Well, no, what I'm saying is, to me, that's a lot yeah, more on a okay. personal level. Yeah, and personal level is a lot cheaper I mean, now than yeah. it was back then. <laughs> but I mean, I think we were going to do the Minicon uh, with the Daleks Master Plan play. But I would like to do another proper convention. Yeah, but I mean, part of me is also thinking at the same time I would love to meet up with all those people I used to go con- to conventions with, like the fan Olympiads and whatever. Because we we used to have a it, it was all right. It was very cliquey, but it was a lot of fun. It was a hell of a lot of fun. Moving on, Denmark on fact. Yep, all sorts of fitness and exercise, including cycling to and from work. That's another thing that Danes like. They are so mad in that country. Uh, they're crazy. Crazy oh, guys. Absolutely wild and wacky there, really. Yep. Are you ready? Yeah. Things Danes like? Barbecue. Outdoors. No. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's what it says here. Can nobody uh, contain these people? That, 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 there's no stopping them. I mean, talk about burning the candle at both ends, I mean. And, oh, oh God. Yeah. All kinds of water sports. <laughs> it depends what your definition of water sports is. All kinds. Yeah. Is that the one involving the B-Day? Uh, all <laughs> kinds of water sports. I, I am not, <laughs> I'm not going to specify. I refuse point blank to specify. <laughs> it makes it sound wild like, and wacky. It makes it sound like I means well, Denmark is the only country where these things are practiced. I mean, ah, uh, well, for free and possibly <laughs> illegal. Um, must go sometime. Talking of being in flight, okay. Hmm. What we'd like to talk about, and again, we're trying to sort of appeal to a broad audience with this Danish podcast, people. and also oh, Danish people. And Danish people. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and also to reflect what's on the website itself. So we're going to be talking every now and again about massively multiplayer online games. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The first one we're going to talk about is a game called City of Heroes and or City of Villains. Or City of Accountants, as I call them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um... Now, first of all, better explain the premise of a massively multiplayer online game. Mm. Who wants to go first? Uh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, it is a game you play on your computer. You Brilliant. buy it at the store. Brilliant. You Brilliant. install it. The difference is, with most traditional games, there's been no internet connection. It's been a single-player game. You play it on your own. Occasionally, you know, with somebody sitting next to you, perhaps. But massively multiplayer online games, you connect up to a, a single world, potentially, with thousands of people playing the same game in the same universe as you, who you can interact with, you know, talk to, team up with. It's all one big world. Insult. Insult. Steal money from. Uh, we're getting a, a brief insight into your game playing skills. Yeah. I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> just wondering. <laughs> so that, that's really the difference. And the other big difference for most of them is you have to pay a monthly fee. Yes. Yeah, but the monthly fee is negligible anyway. It tends to be about. Eight to ten quid. Um, it depends how many you have on the go at once. He said, looking innocent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and that that fee is basically so that the people who publish it, who make it available, they keep the servers going. Of course, you're connecting to pay for their electricity. The people who are running the support and to give you updates. 
new so, content. New content, bug fixes. Sometimes they charge you for new content in expansion packs, which... But then normally, that's a normally naughty. a large amount of new content. Yeah, and it's relatively cheap. Yes. But so, Sea of Heroes, um, yep. well, as the name says, you can be a superhero. Yep. They can't use the name superhero, of course, because that's copyright of... Uh, Marvel and DC, isn't DC, it? DC, yeah. yeah. Well, a person with special powers. <laughs> yes. Um, ben Spoons. You can be a tanker, which basically means you sit there and people hit you and you don't get that hurt. And yeah. whilst they're concentrating on hitting you, your teammates can hopefully hurt the naughty people. So what sort of... Uh, what sort of character in comics would that be? Uh, something well, like the Hulk yeah, or the, the Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. But even then, the Hulk's got super strength and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he can kick the shit out of them anyway. Tankers in this game, yeah, you can still do damage, but your main prom- thing there is to take the attention away from the real damage to us. Yeah. Which are a scrapper, which a scrapper uh, in the hero sense of the film, which is basically they go out and they're close quarters, melee range, and they use a sword or blades or their fists or... Or, uh, I don't know, they, and they kick in the nonce. Voice fun. Yes, and they, they dish out the damage. They've got a little bit of protection, but not anywhere near as much as a tanker. You've Imagine. got blasters, who are uh, long range, and yep. they can shoot out fire, energy, ice. Um, what else? Uh, come on, uh, out the yeah. electricity. Electricity, electricity fire. Blown away with a gun. Mm. Oh, indeed, blown away with a gun, which is the character you've got, Tom Terra. <laughs> indeed. On the Defiant server of City of Heroes and the European side of things. Yep, those in the counters and active at the moment, so you won't see me there, but and someday. I've got an uh, energy blaster. All right, yeah. Uh, that's uh, Mr. D. Bringer, MR. <laughs> D. Bringer. Um, <laughs> it's essentially Adam's character from role-playing. Which is in itself nicked from uh, Marvel UK's character of Death's Head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no See, nothing is ever original. No. Um, uh, the, uh, then you've got the Defenders, yep. uh, which is a support character, um, okay. which are heals or buffs or debuffs. You can basically boost up other people's powers or defences, uh, okay. or you can reduce those powers or defences of, of the naughty people. The enemy, yeah. uh, I've got a level 50, which is top level you can get in City Heroes. Defender, Empathy, Radiation, uh, yep. called Lord McFadden. Uh. <laughs> strangely enough. Um, then you've got Controllers, yep. and they're, they're crowd control. Crowd control. Crowd control, but you get a mob an angry mob turning up of naughty people and basically the controller can freeze them in place so they stop doing the damage I've got uh, I've got a character called the Git Wizard um, who Uh, basically like David Blaine (laughs) (laughs) yes Uh, in fact that is his his battle cry I'm David Blaine I and he can basically confuse a naughty person into attacking other naughty people. Oh, yeah, I've got a trendsetter. I think he's a controller. He's a gravity controller. Gravity controller, yeah. He lifts people up so they can't do anything. He crushes mm-hmm. them. He throws objects at them. Which like mysteriously materialise. Fridges, yeah, you know, washing machines, and, barrels, yeah. things yes. like that. Cars. Good fun. Yeah, so, I mean, um, That's good fun. I say, when I used to play City of Heroes, me and I had a... Well, you had a scrapper, my, was it? Yeah, a uh, scrapper. One of the ones who can um, dish out damage and take it in equal proportions. Um, and for some strange reason, his name was uh, Power Fist. Uh, could you like to tell us what was going through your mind when you came up with that name? Uh, no. Okay. Um, I mean, the strange thing was, his battle cry was, feel the power of my fisting. <laughs> Have you ever met Lom- Norman Lamont? Bit of insight into his personal life there. Anyway. Um, uh, conversely, and yep. a little bit later on, uh, well, hang on, we'll, we'll come to that in a moment. Uh, all this takes place in uh, something called Paragon City. Yeah. This is the world you are in. A world on every street corner there's a thug to be beaten up. Yes, or to beat you up, depending where you are. 
Yeah. All sorts of different naughty people. Yeah. Aliens and monsters and just mm. ordinary hoodlums. Yeah, street hoodlums. Yeah. Um, yeah, genetically mutated creatures. And the, the, yeah. the world is separated into different zones. Uh, each have a certain level. So as you climb up and get more powerful, you move to a different zone. And... That, that's a very common thing with MMOs. Oh, yeah. You have zones. So within your level... You're in a particular zone with creatures of roughly your level. Unless you, you go to the hollows. Yeah, you can sometimes go to areas where you're well outclassed. But you're kind of led to different areas, so it's always corresponding with your... your it's always level. a little bit tricky. Yeah. Uh, especially when you first move to the areas, you've got to be very oh, careful yes. how you travel. But um, eventually you get, you get... I mean, once you hit level 14, you can get a main travel power. You can fly, you can get super speed, super jump or teleport. Yeah. Flies from and basically you work your way through. You team up with other people, and Sometimes. you end up uh, getting to level fifty, which is the maximum level, and you're oh, uber powerful. <laughs> now each mission is instanced, unless it's a hunting mission where it's which is outside. You just mm-hmm. got to kill ten of such and such a naughty person. And these missions are inside buildings. These instance. Uh, and so this, an instance is essentially um, the mission's been specifically created for you and your team. For yeah. example, um, nobody else can get there. No, and you can just go through the building and. You, normally, the objective is to kill everybody. Mm. Pretty much. But you, you mainly, or you may have to find something. There are only, in Save Heroes, there are only <laughs> a certain, a, um, a finite amount of maps, yeah, of well, styles, yeah. should I say, for the That's inside three. of buildings. Right, You've got offices, um, warehouse, broken offices, sort of, you know, devastated offices. Same thing, basically. Warehouse, warehouse, or two or three different types of cave system. Mm-hmm. And it does. Get a little bit samey. Now, I, I had a, I, when I first started playing and I got McFadden to level 50, I was lucky enough I teamed up with a group of people, the Freelance Peacekeeping Agency, <laughs> which is the super group I created, which is just like a guild. Uh, a load of different players come together, they all join the same guild or super group in this particular instance, and you help each other out, and, you know, stuff like that. And as a result, it became more about who we were playing with than the actual game itself. Oh, yeah, they're very sociable, these games in oh, general. Oh, yes, very much so. I'm not, so... And <laughs> people do invest an awful <laughs> amount of emotional time in, into they, them. They can uh, do. Can witness do. some of the arguments that I've seen happen uh, on forums and the like. Yeah, you tend um, to keep away from that. <laughs> and that's because people have invested so much emotion and time and effort into these games and their characters and these yeah. guilds that... It's like a it's second very, life to them. Well, yeah. that is one... It's not exactly a massively multiplayer online game, but Second Life is... Because it's, it's not a, a game. It's not a game, it's... Um, it's just a, an area, virtual really. Virtual world. Yeah, where you a can do anything. Virtual world where yeah, people couldn't interact. Yeah. Uh, second Life, it's uh, particularly there so people can have their own plot of land, they can build their own whatever they want. And sell it to the other people, and it's got its own economy as well. You can mm. actually convert real money into the in-game money and back out. Yeah. So there's an actual exchange rate. Well, people, are, the governments are actually thinking of taxing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, and major companies have got land they've bought in Second Life, you know, Ford, and you know, you name it. Like so I can't see the appeal of Second Life quite simply because what, what, what is there to do in there apart from create something? It basically is. It's like a big chat room, really. Mm, doesn't appeal. I want to go hitting people. Yeah, you can't <laughs> kill people. No, that's that's the thing. Talking of killing people, yeah. In City of Heroes, you don't kill people; you arrest them. <laughs> arrest them to death. Yes. However, conversely, uh, a year or so later, after the European edition of City of Heroes got launched, mm-hmm. City of Villains 
got launched. Yeah, mm-hmm. sounds much more promising. Um, <laughs> which is essentially City of Heroes, but with villains. Yeah. Mm, where you do kill people. Do you? You do. Oh, they actually die. Yeah, they, they die and fade away. Like Obi-Wan. They mixed up the power sets a little bit. Yep. And introduced a couple of new ones, including my favourite, the Mastermind. Ah, yeah, my favourite too. Um, where basically you have little minions to do your work <laughs> for you. Got a level 15 villains as well, because I'm a sad little man. Yep. Um, but the power set, time. it's my favourite power set in City of Heroes or City of Villains. It's robotics. So I've got six robots who kick the shit out of anything that comes near me. <laughs> and I've got a, the dark powers as a secondary, mm-hmm. where I can scare people and debuff, I can heal, I get an extra pet with this, which is essentially a fluffy cloud, which does holds and debuffs and heals. and A fluffy cloud? Yeah. Scary fluffy dark, cloud. Yeah, dark. Ooh, boogly, boogly, boogly. Um, and quite frankly, this particular archetype is incredibly tough. Took on another level 50 on a one-on-one fight. Uh, I am the world's worst at player versus player. Yeah. I, I, if I go up against another player, I'm dead within seconds. Mm-hmm. This time around, no. I wiped him out 15, um, 15 kills to none. <laughs> it was just a case of as soon as he got, um, yeah. spawned back in alive, my robots just kicked the shit. I, I was literally <laughs> bouncing him off walls. Hmm. I think it's a bit of a, a balance issue there, which it... yes, because he was playing a defender, yeah. which is a support hmm. tune. Now, if yeah. it was a bit different, it'd be a bit different if it was a blast I was up against or a tank. But even then, with the power sets I've got, the secondary power sets, the I can slow them right down. Mm-hmm. So if a tank tries to get near me, I need to get slow right down i can fear them freeze i can do this that and the other it it is powerful Hmm. you have to stop them getting to you yeah because if they kill you all your pets die obviously um and you don't have that much of a defense on yourself which is a shame but it's it's mastermind as you yourself know i have mastermind yeah yeah what's his name El Presidente. Viva El Presidente. <laughs> Viva oh, yeah. El Presidente. Viva you couldn't get El Presidente. El Presidente was gone. Yes. And you, you, you have military I, I have soldiers. I have uh, a death squad. I have an interrogator. Yeah, a secret police. You're living out your fantasies, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, good times. Yeah, good times. My, my, my mastermind's called, oh, Mr. Debringer. <laughs> M-I-S-T-E-R this time. Uh, the costume design's exactly the same. Because he's neither hero nor villain. No, he's true. a businessman. He is. Mm-hmm. He can be hired by either side. It's just that he can use his robots in the rogue islands where City of Villains is. Yeah. Uh, and customs tend to stop him getting into Paragon City with his uh, robots. Okay. So he has to use energy blasts instead, <laughs> um, apparently. Which does bring up the whole role-playing side of it. You don't see yes. much in City of Heroes. No, City of Heroes is very much the sort of game I always say. You can come out from the pub with your mates and play it. Yeah. And, you know, you instant jump into it and start hitting people. It's an action game, mm. Yeah. But there are, particularly some of the fantasy games, and even Galaxies, Souls Galaxies, you get a contingent of people who are there. You always stay in character. They talk to each other in character. They get a real kick out of being in that world as a character. I mean, to a certain extent, again, we're heading back into fandom territory, the people yeah. who dress up. Yeah, it's very, it is that. Um, and again, we, we can't pass judgment because it's strata layers upon layers. We're always, looked down yeah. upon by other people. We look down on other people. We've got to be careful <laughs> not to. I've always wanted to do a bit of role-playing in these games, particularly in Galaxies. Well, well, I believe um, Mos Esper or Mos Entha on yeah. Tatooine is supposed to be the role, or used to be. We're going to come to Star Wars Galaxies another time. Um, yeah, there's a lot a, to cover there. And it's also <laughs> rather depressing, in all fairness. Yeah, um, But City of Heroes is a hell of a lot of fun. Cheers. Long-term playability. Bit poor. 
Yeah, it can yeah. be a bit poor, a bit boring in places. I can only play it really for a couple months at a time. They need to take a break because it does. The missions are quite samey. Yeah, I mean, in all fairness, villains introduce different styles of maps and introduce some very interesting maps as well. Mm. But it's more to it than just how the map looks. Yes. The, the overall strategy of it gets quite samey as well. They recently introduced crafting. Yeah, which is okay, but again, it's not that brilliant. It's a step in the right direction, give you a bit more complexity to the game. Yeah. Most most game MMOs have some form of crafting where you go out, gather resources, and build something which you can sell on or use yourself. But uh, Heroes didn't have that until recently. One thing we're going to try and avoid covering is World of Warcraft. Really? Everybody knows about World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> They've heard of it and don't necessarily know about it. I mean, if they haven't played the game, they've seen the South Park episode. Nine million they're up to now. Nine million? Nine million oh, that players. Oh, right. <laughs> I know Before at least... that, I think about half a million was about the record. They've <laughs> completely changed. Well, somebody was saying to me that basically was... World of Warcraft is a massively multiplayer online game for idiots it's because very... it is so simple. There, there is depth there if you look for it. But you don't have to. You, you shouldn't can have play to it. look for depth if you want it. I mean, you're saying the same about City of Heroes. There isn't the depth there. There isn't. It's a very simple game. Yeah. Um, admittedly, the story arcs can be quite funny, especially the villain television story arc. <laughs> okay, yeah. Which is. Um, yeah. Characters from TV stop to talk to you. And one of which is a Babylon 5 episode. Excellent. Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, Good to have fans out there. <laughs> oh, the City of Heroes does have a sense of humour. Yes. Not as much as Dungeon Runners does. Dungeon Runners has good sense of humour. Yeah. Uh, we, we'll be covering, like I say, we'll be talking about yeah. different, different games at different yeah. times. But we like City of Heroes. City of Heroes is a lot of fun. It's just a long-term playability as it's slight. It, it is the sort of thing you have to do for a bit, go away, do something else. Mind you, I do know one person to... who's been playing it since the European beta, which is about three years ago. I don't know ago. how she does it. No. So it's, it's, I'm like, she's come back to Star Wars Galaxies recently. She's now yeah. has a position of power and she scares me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear me? You scare me, Rorik. <laughs> bit dominating, is she? <laughs> Not so much dominating as psychotic. <laughs> that can be fun too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's just the way she plays the character. Uh, herself, she's actually... A she's a person. <laughs> well, we're not. We're, no, 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 no. We, we think she's one of several people. Oh, okay. Yes, they're, they're, they're in, there's a night shift, a day shift, different people play. I think she's basically supporting the illegal immigration trade. Ah. Uh, mm. Single-handedly, basically, with different people coming in playing. And she <laughs> says she does play pay Pedro in peanuts. So we, we, we don't know. Hmm. Anyway, so um, yeah, if we recommend City of Heroes for a laugh, oh yeah, definitely, definitely mm, worth trying. So. Easy yeah. to get into, yeah. good oh, yeah. MMO to start with. Easy to play, yeah, good entry level MMO. It is, it is. Hmm. It's good fun. Just remember, you are interacting with real people, and there are arseholes out there. Yeah, and there are people who will steal off you if you say, "Can I borrow some money?" Because yeah. most of these games have a form of in-game currency. Yep. Which won't affect your real life money, obviously. No, but it'll, you know, if say you've got a thousand credits. Yep. In game, I mean, somebody could sort of ask to borrow them and just walk off. Yeah. So, but so they are policed to a certain extent by the companies that run them. But if that happened, the companies wouldn't do anything. No, because you were foolish enough to give them the money. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, just remember, you know, you're dealing with real people out there, and some there's assholes that, and there's that, nice people. Exactly. Life. Both a good and a bad thing. Yep. So that's it, guys. That's excellent. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. So letters. 
Let's Talking of yes. contacting us, we've had a little bit of feedback. Obviously, because we're recording this on the 1st of August, yep. we haven't had much feedback on the uh, second podcast yet. Been out about two, two days. days yeah. <laughs> yeah, Somebody please, else has I mean, enjoyed it. As we say, I mean, any comments, suggestions, feedback on the podcast, I mean, you know where to contact us. Yep. Okay, so, talking more feedback, etc. We, we, we have, however, we have, however, had some letters, haven't we? Letters. Yes. You've got one? I have. Okay, it's a familiar-looking envelope. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Okay, here we go. Yes. Dear team. team. Oh, right. It's George. Yeah, yeah. You've all done very well. Yours, George McFadden. Isn't that nice of him? That's nice. Yes. Good old George. Um, Young Mr. McFadden, I think we ought to start calling him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dear me. I've got one here. Oh, yeah. Huh? I have, yes. It's about podcast number two. Oh. Yes. Uh, dear fans. Ah. Thank you for your mention of my throat on your last podcast. <laughs> you should know that inside is a Sith Gungan, <laughs> ready to burst forth and create a whole new trilogy of Star Wars, oh. just with Gungans. Oh. I can feel its floppy ears kicking. It's nearly time. <laughs> Yours, George Lucas, Mrs. Hmm. Mm. I, I am mildly perturbed by this. Um, yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's, that's that is very worrying. It's an exclusive for us, eh? Yes, yes. Uh, quite frankly, it's 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 you know, we have news of the new Star Wars trilogy. Mm. Yeah, written often, by the throat of <laughs> Lucas. I often wonder what that wobbly, pendulous mass was beneath his chin. Pertwee. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, you gone? Yes, I have. It's from our esteemed colleague. Keith. Ah, excellent, excellent, excellent. Mm. yes. How's he doing? Right, okay, right, let's read it. I'll adopt my best Cyril Fletcher pose in my leather seat. (laughs) Oh, no, don't do that. (laughs) Sorry, bejeweled battle shorts. Bejeweled battle shorts, yes. (laughs) Right, it begins. You bastards. You told me that Lionel Blair was holding a dance recital here. (laughs) Instead, I'm being held hostage by the Sea Devil Soundtrack Appreciation Society. And they (laughs) won't release me until I admit to liking it. (laughs) He's included a CD. There you go, Pass it over. Pass it over. Um, Okay, hang on. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally love the music to the Sea Devil. Right, hang on. Let's just... Yep. Can I use this? Yeah. All right. Okay, everyone ready? Mm -hmm. I'll press play. What? What? No! 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 I think that's wonderful. Mm, very nice. Yeah, he, he's enjoyed it. Yes, I, I think they've strapped him into the Sea Devil's Music Appreciation Chairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he always yep. screams like that when he's enjoying something. Yes, I, I, I've noticed that a lot. I mean, you know, when he sees Judge Jar Binks, he screams. You can tell the enjoyment it's the of pleasure. Yeah. it. It's it's un, it's uncanny, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now this is hopefully um, the end of podcast one for this month. Uh, okay. There's a good chance we might actually, as we said at the beginning, there's a good chance there might be a second podcast. Probably, given how long it's gone on. Um, we might be able to edit the two to make two podcasts down. You have one in now, one in the fortnight. Yep. So uh, maybe until a fortnight, I'm going to say bye-bye for now, toodles. <laughs> Goodbye, have fun. And it's me signing don't, off. Don't, you did, didn't you? Oh, yes. Git. 
You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number three, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, and Tony Gullishaw. The views expressed here are those of the speaker and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this podcast is a McFadden publishing production for www.staggeringstories.net. Bollocks, I forgot to mention, Exospace. Great con, really cosy. I'm <laughs> <laughs>